Good evening. Are we good? Okay. Well, uh, JD asked me to uh, fill in for him tonight, so, but I told him I'd be glad to, but no way am I touching Hebrews 7 with Melchizedek. That would be, uh, it's going to be a good study, but I'm more interested in hearing him, not me. So tonight, uh, something that's been on my heart uh, for some time uh, is prayer. Um, I don't know how much importance we all put on that, but um, to me it's, it's a critical, very important. And uh, so tonight we're going to be studying Jesus' prayer as he prays for himself and as he prays for his disciples, and as he prays for us, which I think is very interesting. So that's where we're going to be. And something I'm just going to mention briefly, I just saw this. This is something that J.D. posted. Um, it's through Mike McIntosh's uh, website, I think, for the church probably, or maybe it's just Mike's, I'm not sure, but we need to look into this. But anyway, it's it has to do with um, joining them in prayer. He said, we're looking for one million prayer warriors uh, to enlist in the United States prayer force. And I think that's something we all need to get behind. So I don't have all the details on it, I just saw it. But I think we need to look into that, and we should sign up for it, each and every one of us, and, and be faithful in praying. Um, and I think it kind of goes along with, like Jerry mentioned Sunday, we're not doing a, a commercial for, um, for the Saturday morning class. And I always have a terrible time remembering the name, but it's, it's the biblical citizenship. Yeah. And... Um, it's, it's very interesting, and, and uh, so I would encourage you, if you signed up and have the time, try to come to that because it's an excellent uh, teaching, something that we all need. So with that, let's pray and let's get into God's Word. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you uh, for our worship time that has prepared our hearts to hear your Word, I pray. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. Let us hear and understand your word. Let us know you more as we learn more about you and who you are, your characteristics. And Lord, I pray that you would place upon our hearts the importance of prayer, each and every one of us, especially in these last days, as there's so much turmoil in this world and so much hate. So help us to be strong and courageous and stand on your foundation, firm and strong. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be in John 17, Jesus' prayer. Verse 1 said, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. And as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, 
that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. We're going to take a break there and, and kind of go back through these. Jesus, praying to the Father, lifted up his eyes and, and prayed. And he said, glorify your Son. And in John twelve twenty three, it was Peter, or no, Philip and Andrew uh, that Jesus was talking to. And he answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Jesus knew this was coming, obviously. And it was time for him to be glorified. And obviously he will be. And he also said uh, in, well, excuse me, in verse 2, let's go on to that. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Philippians 2.10 tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. Jesus does have authority over all. And if every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, he has authority. Uh, verse 11 says um, that they will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So he will glorify the Father in that. And that he will, in verse 3, give eternal life that they may know you, God, that Jesus um, will give this eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In Isaiah 53, 11, um, he, God said that he shall see the labor of his soul. In other words, God will see the labor of Christ's soul and be satisfied by his knowledge, my righteous servant, Jesus shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. And then in verse 12, it says, Therefore, I will divide uh, him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he, Jesus, poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore their sin, the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Um, a while back in our adult Bible study, we had a, a little bit of discussion on transgressions. Sins, we know that sometimes we sin, we do it unknowingly maybe, or not knowing it. Transgression really comes from the word trans, uh, trespass. And when you trespass, you know the line. There's a line on the fence that says, no trespassing. When you cross over that, you're doing it willingly, knowing that you're not supposed to be there. You're not supposed to be doing that. Jesus even makes intercession when we sin willfully. That's very comforting, and we need to know that. It's not that we continue to do it, but he forgives us even when we do it willingly. Um, and it also uh, talks about that they may know you uh, in verse 3, Jeremiah 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, 
Let not the wise man glory in this in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. And let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in the Lord. Glory in this that they understand and know me. In other words, that's what we can glory in, that we know him. That's what we can, we can be proud of and that we can take heart in and actually glory in that we know him. And it, this is some of the characteristics of him as it goes on to say that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth for these in these I delight, says the Lord. There, again, we can know him more by knowing these characteristics. These are the characteristics of the Lord. When you have a friend and you know them, you know what their character is like. This is just giving us some of the characters of the Lord so that we can know him more. He is, has loving kindness. He has good judgment. He has righteousness. And in these things, he delights. Verse 4 said, For I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And in John 19, verse 30, So when Jesus had received the this, this sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the spirit, his spirit. Jesus finished the work on the cross once and for all. He made the sacrifice uh, once and for all. No more Sacrifice is needed. In verse 5, it goes on to say, And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself or alongside yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And in Philippians 2, verse 6, it says, Who being the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he had the same glory. And Hebrews 1 and 3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. In other words, Jesus is God. John 1 verses 1 and 2 said, In the beginning was the Word, which is Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. In verse 6 is where Jesus begins to pray for his disciples. And we'll uh, read that down through verse 10. I have manifested your name to these men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them. And have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and all and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Jesus said in that verse six that he had manifested. Uh, God's name to the men whom he had given him uh, out of the world. They were God's and he gave them to Jesus um, and they have kept his word. John 6 
37 uh, in the prior uh, chapters, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Um, these were of the Father, the Father's, and the Father had given them to him. And verse 7 says, Now that they have, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you, for I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. There's a lot in that. John eight twenty eight says, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these words. These are the words which God, in the verse there, says, have given me. And um, John eight twenty eight confirms that. The Father, uh, but all that the Father has taught me, I will speak these words. In Deuteronomy 18.8, he says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among the brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Jesus speaks the words of the Father. And in um, John 8.14, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees said, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. Jesus was speaking that in that verse 8 where he said, And they have believed that you sent me. They knew where Jesus came from. Uh, and the Pharisees had no idea where Christ had come from. Verse 9 uh, says that I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. In 1 John five nineteen, Jesus said, and this is verse 19, We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We certainly don't pray, and he didn't, wasn't praying for the wicked one. And in the previous verse, 18 of John says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who is, has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We have protection through Christ from the wicked one if we have God's Spirit within us, Christ's Spirit within us. Um, I read a commentary on that about uh, from Pastor Chuck, it was interesting about the flesh. We battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. I think we all know that. And I think one of the most effective things against us is our flesh. Uh, we battle with it daily. Paul said he died, he died to the flesh daily. He crucified himself daily. And we need to do that. We battle against the flesh. And it's interesting, when we were born, we... Um, we, we wanted the comfort and the ease. We wanted everything that we wanted. We fussed and cried and, until we got it. We, uh, we didn't care what disadvantage it brought to others. Um, we wanted our needs met. And that attitude can, can come all the way through into our adulthood if, we don't, if we're not careful and don't recognize it. And um, 
living, trying to live with one foot in the world, our flesh, and the other in, uh, in the Lord, in the spirit, doesn't work. Um, in the life of the flesh, sin is natural. But in the life of the spirit, sin is unnatural. It doesn't feel comfortable. There's something about it that it's not, we, don't, we sense that it's not right. Something's not right. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us that, uh, that uh, we are in the flesh. In, uh, it talks about the perfection uh, back there. And, and I, I, uh, John, 1 John 3, 6 says, Whoever abides in him does not sin. And that doesn't mean that we are sinless. But what the grammar in the original, and this is from, I got this from David Gusick. Um, the language makes it plain that John is speaking of a settled, continual lifestyle of sin. Uh, in other words, we aren't perfect, we sin, but we don't continue to sin. It's that unnatural feeling that the Holy Spirit puts in our hearts, and uh, then we deal with that. And in verse 10, Jesus said, all are mine, or all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And in John 16, the previous chapter, verse 15, says, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. And in that verse, we have the Trinity. We have the Father and the Son, because of, he is mine, and, and then I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you that it's the Holy Spirit. Verse 11, we'll read down through verse 19. He said, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. None of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have your joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself, that they may be sanctified by truth. Going back to uh, verse 11 there, he's, Jesus said, I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Um, and he asked the Father to keep them through his name, uh, those he had given him. And in Mark 16, verse 19, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he re was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus, no longer in the world, but in heaven, to 
ever intercede for us, which is a blessing. And um, he is able to keep us. Jude, uh, which is only one chapter, verse 24, it says, Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. He is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless through the blood of Christ to the Father. In verse 12, he says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And in John 6, 39, it says, This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And then in, in verse 70 in that same chapter, it says, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? And it is obviously Judas Iscariot that is the one that um, betrayed Jesus and the one that was lost, which fulfills the scripture. Verse 13, he says, But now I come to you, and these things that I speak in the world that they may have my joy in themselves. Uh, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Um, we do have a lot of hate in this world today. In Matthew 24, 9, it says, They will del deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Um, if you watch any news, I'm not a big news watcher, but there's so much hate in this world today. And I look back, and, and I'm sure it goes way beyond this, but I think about even the division that we had in the world when COVID was going on and the division between shots and no shots. But then when uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran attacked Israel, the hate that we see now uh, between two factions, those that are supporting Hamas, which I just can't believe, and, and versus those that are supporting Israel. And it's just, it's a, it's a, a good versus evil. Uh, there's just so much hate. I don't know where it's going, but that's one reason I think that we need to pray, just like the Mike McIntosh account. He wants one million prayer warriors to start praying for this country. And this country needs that so bad. Jesus said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And I'm sure all of you are familiar with when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray uh, in Matthew 6 and 13. Um, I won't read the, the whole prayer, but Jesus in the portion of that prayer said, and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil. It's interesting. He was teaching them to pray that, then deliver us from evil. And he prayed that to the Father, deliver them from evil. It's a good prayer that we should pray also. And uh, verse 16, 
They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Psalms 119 verse 142 said, Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law or your word is truth. And then on down to verse 151, it says, You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. The word of God is truth. It's the only thing that we have that we can base a solid foundation on, and that's his truth. His word is true. Verse 18 uh, and, and, uh, says, And you sent me into the world, I also have sent them. So Jesus sent the disciples out into the world, and he said, And for their sake I have sanctified myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And I think we all know what sanctified is, but it is to be set apart for a special purpose. It is, uh, or, or a special use, or a purpose, and to, uh, to make holy or uh, sacred. And obviously, Jesus was definitely set apart for a special purpose, and that was to save the world. Forgive the world of the sins uh, that we have committed. And I think about the fact, especially in these days, I hope that we are being sanctified and set apart for a special purpose because of the hate that we are having in the world today. I hope that we can make an impact on that and be used, uh, have a special use in that and for that purpose. Verses, uh, well, this is where we get into uh, Jesus praying for all of us, which is pretty amazing. Verse 20, and I'm just going to read to the end of the chapter. He said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their words, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me. I have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. And Jesus said he didn't pray for these alone, but that he prayed for us, for those who would believe in him through their words. And that's exactly what we all here are doing. We believe in the Lord through the words that we, we teach uh, Sundays and Wednesdays, going through the Bible as you read your, in your own private studies. Those are the words 
that allow you to believe in him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And he said also that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they, may, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. In John 10, verse 16, Jesus said, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and, they, and there will be one flock and one shepherd, and we will all be of one body. In Romans 12, 5, So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And then in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And in John 10, 37 to 38, Jesus said, If I do not do the works of my Father who... If of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do the works of my Father, believe the works. Jesus raised the dead. He healed the lepers. He calmed the sea. He spoke to the wind and the waves, and they were calm. And only God can do that. And so Jesus is saying that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. If you don't know it any other way, look at the works that he does. That the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22 says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are. What is the glory in which that we have that Jesus has given us? And I, I thought about that a little bit. And I think in 1 John, uh, the first chapter, verse 3, kind of answers that for me. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I think the glory that Jesus has given us is the fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son. If you think about it, we have fellowship with the creator of this earth. Who else can say that other than his children? That's pretty glorious. Verse 23 says, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you have loved me. In Colossians 3.14, Jesus said, or this is Paul said, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Jesus said, I and them and you and me, that they be made perfect in one. What is this perfection? Colossians tells us that love is the bond of perfection, which should pique our hearts. Verse 24 said, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, 
that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. And in John 12, verse 26, Jesus speaking, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. And I think about all the people here in this fellowship and all the service that they do. Um, I, I, I refuse to call all these people volunteers because they're not volunteers. They are called. They're doing what God has called them to do, serving within this fellowship to make it what it is. And Jesus said, where I am, there my servants will be also. And in John 14 and 3, and I go and prepare a place for you that I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And in 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 4, 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And this we shall always, thus we shall always be with the Lord. So where the Lord is, is where we are going to be. And verse 25, <clears throat> it says, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. John fifteen twenty one says, But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Obviously, the disciples know that Jesus is from God. And all those that hate them, because they don't know where they have come from. They don't know that they are from God. Verse 26, Jesus said, I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. And in John 17, same chapter here, verse 6, back in verse 6, Jesus said, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of this world. And then he is in them, where he says, with which you love me, that I may be in them. And in Ephesians three fourteen through 19, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with all might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that I he be in them, Jesus said, that he may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And... <clears throat> Jesus' prayer is certainly an example to us. It also gives us a better understanding of him and his heart. And I just, 
I felt like God spoke to me about this because of what he has put upon my heart regarding prayer in my life and, and uh, how important it is. And we have seen it work. Uh, we have examples of it uh, working in the lives of people within this fellowship as people will ask for prayer personally. They're not necessarily bringing it out publicly, but they have been prayed for and the, their situation, God has answered their prayer uh, as they desired, which um, is a wonderful thing. And I also think that persistence in prayer, and I, have, I think I've talked about this before, the um, unjust judge that um, the widow went to, to pray to get uh, deliverance from her adversary, he wasn't going to, he didn't regard man, he didn't regard God, he didn't fear God, he wasn't going to answer her prayers, but she kept going. And eventually he said, because this woman weary me, I'm going to answer her prayer, give her her request. Now, God is not like that. We don't weary God by going to him in prayer. But at the end of that example, that, uh, that, that parable that Jesus told, the very last verse of that said, but will he really find faith on earth when he comes? And that's about us praying. I think, obviously, if you think about it, it takes faith to pray. It does. So when we pray, is God going to really find faith on earth Earth when he comes? He will if he finds us praying. But the other thing is that really spoke to me, and we've talked about this in our adult study. I think it's in um, Proverbs 15.8, uh, where the, the, uh, the proverb talks about um, the unjust person, the, their prayers an abomination. But in the upright, the last part of that verse, in the, and I'm paraphrasing, the upright prayer, the prayer of an upright man is God's delight. He actually delights in our prayers. And that's, that's pretty amazing if you think about it. One of our purposes, the scripture tells us, is to be pleasing to God. And that is one way, obviously, that we are. Is that right? 15.8? Okay. All right. So let's close. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, put it in our hearts to, uh, to know you more, to desire more, to be pleasing to you, to be filled with your love, and to walk in your ways. Father, I want to thank you for each one here. I pray, Lord, that you, um, by your Holy Spirit, Lead and direct each one of us throughout this week. As we have opportunity, Lord, let us be bold in our faith. Be witnesses for you. I pray also, Lord, that you be with each one as they travel home. Keep them safe. We pray for J.D. as he is gone from us. Lord, bless his time at the conference and keep him safe in all of his travels.
Lord, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, and your grace. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, you can come up and we'd be glad to pray with you.